Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Help me welcome our internet, our online campus. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're in a series called Bless Up, and we're talking about how to invite blessing into our life and at the same time make sure that we're not blocking blessing. How many of you might suspect you've probably done some things before to block some blessing in your life? It's the same four. Yeah. And so we want to find out ways that we can invite blessing into our life. Now understand this, and this is our starting point once again. God is the source of all blessing. So don't be confused. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from our Father above. And so he is the source of blessing. Well, I worked hard. I earned this. No, no. Ultimately, you could not have found your way to work two days in a row if it wasn't for the help of and the blessing of God. Amen. And so all blessing, he's the source of all blessing in our life. And we, we realize that God wants to bless us. He'll bless us as much as he can. And we've kind of explored the idea of what does it mean to be blessable so that we're actually inviting blessing and not blocking blessing in our life. There, there's a whole lot that could be said about how do you define what blessing is. Here's my homegrown, just kind of bottom line. Of what does it mean to be blessed? It means to be helped by God, helped by God. How many of you would like your marriage to be helped by God? It's the same four. <laughs> How many of you would not raise your hand no matter what I asked you? Okay, there, there. Now I got you. Okay. How many of you like your business to be blessed? Your kids to be blessed. Your body to be blessed. Amen. Our country to be blessed, you know? On and on and on. And God is the source of all blessing. We want to be helped by God. And again, there are things that can invite that and some things that can, you know, actually block that in our lives. Now, when we talk about helped by God and being blessed, understand that it has to do with all areas of life. The Bible says that God blessed Abraham in all things. So don't have too narrow of a view or understanding of what blessing is. It could cover all areas of life. And in the end, we don't just want to end up with some blessings in our life. We want to end up having a life that is blessed. Amen. Well, uh, the big key that I want to share to you with you today, actually we'll just use this word right here, connected, connected. This is a major key uh, to inviting blessing in our life. Everybody say connected. Now, understand that your blessings do not just randomly fall out of midair, you know, out of thin air. Um, It comes through connection with God and how God would connect us in other ways. Um, Let's look in John chapter 15, the gospel of John chapter 15, Jesus is teaching and he's, he, these, these are his words. I want you to realize every word counts. So watch carefully. Abide in me, Jesus said, and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Go ahead. I am the vine, you are the branches. So he's got an image, uh, imagery going on here, kind of a word picture. He's the vine, you're the branches. 
He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do, come on, realize it, say it, admit it, nothing, nothing. Next verse, if anyone does not abide in me, and remember he's the vine, we're the branch, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified. Now, let's hold up right there. Our goal is to be happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, so we can be a blessing and ultimately what? Bring glory to God. Well, by this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So let's look at a number of things here. Jesus is the vine. This is the imagery for us. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. Let me show you a picture real quick, and this will help us. And uh, he's referring because the day in which he was teaching, he's referring to very much something like this. So in this uh, imagery here, the vine would be Jesus and we are the branches. And ultimately we're to be what? Fruity. That's right. And um, (laughs) bear fruit. Okay. All right. Let's clear all that up. So vine and branches and You know, it's an incredible picture. And when Jesus would teach, he no doubt would just take things that were nearby, things that everybody knew. And he said, let me me explain relationship between me and you and what's really going to bless your life and bring glory to God. He said, it's kind of like this. And so he said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. A number of things to point out here. The, The branch by itself can do nothing. The branch can't do anything apart from the vine. So if I come in and I clip this off or something happens where that gets broken, it's not attached, it's not connected, and there's our word. If you're not connected, then the the vine, the branch, can do nothing. The branch depends upon the vine for everything. It depends upon the vine for the very life flow, the life-giving sap that would come and, and here's a beautiful thing. Can do nothing, and we're, we're the branches, okay? We're the branches. I can't do anything on my own. I don't know anything. I don't have anything. I'm not anything. I, I can't remember anything. You know, apart from him, I'm nothing. But when I'm connected to him and dependent upon him, here's what happens. You ready for this? Really, very naturally, life flows, fruit happens, blessing comes naturally. Just by being connected, everybody say connected again. Just by being connected, all of this happens. But the opposite is so totally true. If we're not connected, there is no life. There is no life-giving flow. We wither. There's no fruit. And we just become firewood. You know, we just become fuel for the, for the campfire, so to speak. And so we must be connected. This is a huge key to having God's blessings in our life. And let me just ask you again, who was it that wanted some blessings in their a life that is blessed, rather? Amen. Good, good. Now, in this passage, it says, apart from me, apart from me, you can do nothing. So apart from me is disconnected. In verse 1 of John 15, and we didn't read that, we just, we drew out a portion of this, but in verse 1, Jesus said this. He says, I am the true vine. I'm the true vine. Now, when we started reading, it says he's the vine and we're the branches. He clarifies right at the beginning, I'm the true vine. Indicates to us there could be what? False vines. 
And the warning, actually, the clarification for us is this. Uh, if you're going to be connected, you want to be connected to the, to the true vine. Because if you're not connected to the vine, if you're not connected, no life flow, no fruit, you wither your, your firewood, okay? And the same is true if you're not connected to the true vine. Because he's the source of life. He's the source. So if we don't have this, I hope you get this by now. We're talking about a relationship with Jesus, okay? And it's our connection with him. So much is just going to naturally happen. But then when we're not connected to him, you know, there's no life, there's no fruit. We wither and uh, we're tender, so to speak. So here's a big Bible word in this passage that I want to share with you today. And it's the word abide. It literally means connected, connected. Abide means to to remain, to stay, to continue to live, to reside. In other words, can I put it this way? Jesus is your house. Jesus is your home. Now, don't be weird and go to go to work or the mall or somewhere and say, Jesus is my house. Don't, you know, because people aren't going to understand. Jesus is talking in terms of relationship for those that are close to him. He said, I want you to live in me and I live in you. And when you abide in that way, then we're connected. We're connected and so much can happen uh, as a result of that. So we have the imagery here of vine and branches, vine and branches. We see that, we understand that. And then he goes ahead and he gives us some more imagery so that we can see how all of this works. And again, again, these are keys to having a life that is blessed. You must be, I'm just going to have to tell you this, you have to be connected to Jesus. He's the source. He's the source of all blessing. So we have the imagery of vine and branches. And let's go on and look at another one. And that is head and body. Head and body. How many of you have a head and body. Okay. I didn't ask if you were proud of it, but how many of you have it? And I'm glad you brought it today. Okay. It's a little spooky. Otherwise I'm with you in spirit. People say, I go, no, no, you show up. That's, that's spooky. Okay. And so head and body. And again, Jesus has given us imagery that we can relate to. He's saying, you all have a body and he's talking about connection. Say connection again. How many of you know it's a good idea to keep your head and your body connected, okay? And what happens without the head, uh, you know, it's the same as the branch apart from the vine. Now, I'm going to give you several passages of Scripture here, and this is a chunk. Everybody say chunk. This is a theological chunk right in the middle. This is so vital that you have this a part of your uh, you know, the center part of, of, of your faith. So let's go ahead and look in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, New Living Translation. Now, I've pulled five or six passages together, and I've, I've uh, selected certain translations so that we, in short order, can get a good, good view of what we're talking about right here. So this is 1 Corinthians 12, 12 in the New Living Translation. The human body, again, how many of you have one? Come on. All right, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is, so here's the imagery, here's the metaphor, so it is with the body of Christ. Now look with me in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27 in the Amplified Bible. Now you collectively, you collectively are Christ's body and individually, individually, You are members of it, each part severally and distinct, 
each with his own place and function. That's actually part of why we do growth track is so that we can kind of understand this and find what is my place? What is my function? What, how do I serve as a part of the body? How many of you love it when all the parts of your body work? Isn't it a bummer when just one part goes into rebellion? Your knees out, your stomach's in rebellion. How many of you know you're going nowhere? Okay. And so the same is true for the body of Christ, Christ's body. We're all parts. Uh, collectively, we are his body. And individually, we're members. We're parts of his body. It all flows together. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. And he, God, put all things under his feet, Jesus, and gave him, Jesus, to be, to be head over all things to the to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. And so we see that, you know, we've got vine and branches and we've got head and body. So Jesus is the head. Yes. Come on, Jesus is the head. And who's the body? We are, we are the body and we're members one of another. Now let's, let's delineate here. Vine and branches, that's Jesus and you. That's Jesus and you. Vine and branches, vital connection right there. Beyond that, he says, I want to have the relationship, the connection of head and body. That's all of us together. Now, the best you, the best we can be is the more that you are growing in that connection of vine and branches. And then when we come all together and we do all that we do, that we're doing that as head and body. Now, go ahead with me, if you will, to Colossians chapter 1. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence, that he, he occupies first place. He's the head of the church. I'm not. Okay? Preachers aren't. I'm a part of the body, just like you. But my role, my function right now, has me standing up saying stuff. Hopefully good stuff. Okay? But see, we're all, none of us better than anybody else. We're all parts of the body. And he's the head. And we must stay connected to him. But we can't just choose, I only want to be connected to the head. Guess what? My pointer finger is connected to all kinds of other body parts. This is important we understand. So if our life is going to be blessed, we're connected vine and branches. We're also connected head and body. We're not just connected to the head. We're connected to the body. Amen. Amen. All right. Go ahead to Colossians uh, chapter 2 verse 18 and 19 in the message paraphrase. Now this is a paraphrase and it's going to be a little bit graphic. Um, It's a paraphrase, not a translation, but I loved the punch of it and that's why I chose it for this. Don't tolerate people who try to run your life. Can I get an amen on that one? (laughs) Ordering you to bow and scrape, insisting that you join their obsession with angels, and that you seek out visions. Here's what we're talking about. Extremes, error, and wrong emphasis. Okay? So this is how it happens in church world. That people get off into some weird stuff. I mean, you know, it happens, okay? Gets off into some weird stuff, and look what it says. There are a lot of hot air. 
And that's all they are. Let's keep reading. They're completely out of touch with the source of life, Christ. The other translations actually say they are disconnected. They're disconnected. So blessing comes by connection. But when we're disconnected, things go awry. And we can even be churchy. But if we're not actually connected to the head, we're going to get weird. Things are going to get off. There's no real fruit. It withers. It dies. It was a waste. We need to be connected to him. Vine and branches, we need to be connected to him, head and body. Watch this again. They're completely out of touch with the source of life, Christ, who puts us together in one piece, whose very breath and blood flow through us because we're his body. He is the head and we are the body. We can grow up healthy in God only as he nourishes us and assumed and implied he can only nourish us as we're connected to him. Can I get a good amen today? All right. Now, we are to be connected to Jesus. We're to be connected to his body. So if connection, everybody say connection. If connection is what God's design is and God's desire is, guess what we just now find out? If that's God's design and desire, connection We just also uncovered the main goal of the enemy. And the goal of the enemy, if God's desire is connection, then what would the goal of the enemy be? Disconnection. How many of you know he's pretty full-time on that? You know? Anybody married here? All right. Anybody married here and never had a fuss? You a lie. You know, because agreement is the place of power. And the enemy's always trying to divide us, always trying to get us upset, you know, as cl- in your closest relationships and all the way to church and work and everywhere else and as a nation to just get us, you know, all scattered and all divided. And so that's the goal of the enemy, and it's pretty obvious, to get us disconnected or to get us isolated or to get us connected to the wrong thing. And the result is always the same. In the book of 1 Peter in the New Testament, uh, chapter 5, verse 8, it says this, that we have an enemy, the devil, and he's an adversary. He's against us. And he roams about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may, anybody know? Devour. In the New Testament Greek, that actually means to gulp down, to, to swallow, to eat entirely. Now, here's the reality on this. Listen. He, as if he's a lion and he's seeking and we are in that imagery, we're sheep. How many of you know that he can't swallow the whole flock? He can't come and swallow the whole herd, whatever we are. He can't do that. What does he have to do? He has to get somebody who's disconnected. He has to get somebody who's isolated, somebody who got their little feelings hurt and wanders off. Are you hearing me? Essentially, there's five categories I've developed over the years of who is it that he's able to gulp down? Who is it that, you know, that are separated out? Here it is. It's the weak, the wounded, the wandering, the wandering, and the whiny. And if you're that, then you tend to you tend to break away a little bit and you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that for your own welfare because the devil is seeking to, to disconnect and then he, the whole reason to disconnect is because he's looking for whom he may devour and swallow up. 
So a key to preservation, a key to a life that is blessed is we are connected. Now, let's put this all together so far. Get connected. Read that with me. And I'm doing this for emphasis right here. Get connected and stay connected to Jesus and to his body. All right, read this with me. Get connected. Stay connected to Jesus and his body. Now, I've known people over the years, they're connected and stay connected to Jesus, but not his body. And I say this with all the love and sweetness in me. They get weird. Okay? And there's not stability in that. We're not made. It wasn't too long ago I, I reminded you of the old science fiction movie of The Hand. Remember that? From 1963, the movie of The Hand, and it's severed from the body, but it's still coming back to get people. How many of you know that does not happen? <laughs> and apart from him, disconnected, we don't have that life flow. There's such a life flow. Today, you're experiencing it, just seeing each other, being with one another, encouraging with one another, learning together, praying for one another. There's great, great blessing and strength in that. Amen? So come on, read it again. Get connected and Stay connected to Jesus and his body. Amen. Amen. Virtually all blessings come through relationships. Virtually all blessings. You know, and, uh, let's go to my thumb. Just my thumb. You say, well, it's just me and Jesus. No, it's not. No, it's not. There's a whole lot of other things attached right here so that all the life and function can get to us. And so it's vital in this. And remember, the devil's goal is to get us disconnected. I don't want any part of my body disconnected. And Jesus doesn't either because of the life, the function, and the flow, and the blessing. Look with me real quick in Psalm 133. Psalm 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Ladies, please don't be offended. Sometimes the scripture was not, the translators weren't gender sensitive. So we have brethren, but how many of you know some of y'all are cistern? Okay. So it's all of us. Okay. It's all of us. Behold how good and pleasant it is for, for us, for us to dwell together in what? Come on, say it again, Unity. Unity. Let me tell you the importance of unity. Unity preserves connection. Unity preserves connection. Now let's keep reading. Go ahead, next verse. It is like, what is like? Unity. Dwelling together in unity is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon. Go back. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, everybody say there. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. And so it says that when we dwell, when we remain, when we stay in unity, it is good and pleasant. Good and pleasant. You know, some things are good, but they're not pleasant. Eat your veggies. When I was a kid, we had to clean our plates. Y'all. My elementary school, we had to totally clean our plates. They would search our trays. They would search our little milk cartons. 
They'd make sure that we weren't, I, I actually got called back because I hid some food one time. And they, ha, I, they didn't even have security cameras then, but they knew who sat where, okay? And so there are things that are good, but they're not pleasant. Medicines. When, also, when I was like uh, about five years old or so, I kept having a lot of ear infections and tonsillitis. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore, but I had tonsillitis. And so they, they gave out these horse capsules. You know, now I've raised five kids. Now you raise kids and the doctor prescribes something. You go and it has, you know, goofy grape flavored juice or cheery cherry, you know. Not me. We had horse capsules. Are you hearing me? And they couldn't make them to last a while. They only lasted four hours. So every four hours, here comes my mom carrying a horse capsule. And I could not swallow those guys. I could not. So I had to chew them. So my mom would put them in between Fritos, corn chips. Chew it up. Munch, bunch, munch a bunch of Fritos. Okay. And then chase it with 7-Up. Good for me. Not pleasant. You know, here's a miracle, though. I still love Fritos. I do. I do. And 7-Up. Good, not pleasant. Then you have other things that are pleasant, but they're not good. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll confess to you, I'm not advertising for anybody, but I'll confess to you, I haven't done it in a few years, but every now and then I'm driving along and I see like Crystal or McDonald's and I go like three, four cheeseburgers would be really good right now. <laughs> and you pull in and then by the time you've eaten them, guess what? You're like sad you did this, right? Because <laughs> it was pleasant, but it is not good. That explains why we eat things like that so fast, because that's the only pleasant part of it, okay, is to eat it. But God said unity. Come on, say unity. unity. Unity, where there's unity. He said that is good and pleasant. That is good and pleasant, and it is like oil. It's like the anointing. It is like the dew. It is like refreshing and watering, and he says this, and there... Where there's unity, I will command blessing. Look at this. God commands blessing where there is unity. God commands blessing where there is unity. In your home, in your workplace, on your team, uh, in your church, in your small group, wherever it would be, God commands blessing. It's not just going to lilt down. God commands. He gives an order that blessing go to that place. It It is commanded blessing. We, we are to dwell in unity, and when we dwell in unity, there God commands blessing. And I'll try to illustrate here. i got two stacks of paper. It's not a magic trick. And so I've got the one stack, and for me to keep it together, because things happen, it gets bumped, the wind blows, you know, and so forth, to keep it together, to keep it in unity, I have to work on that. But if the same thing happens over here, and I get upset about that, and tear this and they bother me and we don't give any effort, then we have a mess. And let me tell you, in in this idea of scripture, we put out effort. We've got to work at it. Again, anybody married? My wife's not coming till fourth service. (laughs) And if you're watching online, honey, I love you so much. But you got to work at this. You got to work at this. And let me just ask you based on the scripture. It says, for there, where? 
Where is God going to command blessing? He's going to command it there. And I'm telling you what, when we make the effort, when we make the effort to keep it together and keep it in unity, and I'm telling you, it takes some effort, whatever it would be, to get along with all these people. It takes some effort in this. And when you do that, I'm telling you what, though, that is there is where God commands the blessing. Not there. Now, God's concerned about this. God will help with this. But I'm telling you where the commanded blessing of God is, is where you and I put out the effort to keep it in unity. Amen? Amen. Now, unity doesn't just happen. We have to forgive. We have to overlook things. We have to help. We have to uh, put out effort. And Scripture demands that we work for unity, and it also demands that we never work against unity. Look with me real quick in Ephesians chapter 4 in the Amplified Bible. Be eager. Come on, say be eager. eager. And strive earnestly. This means work hard. Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness, the unity of and produced by the Spirit in the binding power of peace. So we have to work at this, and we're not to work against it because who is it that produced peace? Hint, 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 hint. It's produced by the Spirit. It's produced by the Spirit. And when we work against that, When you work against unity, hear me, when you work against unity, when you work against peace, you're actually working against the spirit who produces peace. And so this is an effort that all of us continually have to do until we get to heaven. Now, to work against unity is to work against the spirit. And I promise you, he cannot and will not bless that. When we're under the influence of the spirit, when we cooperate with the Holy Spirit of God, We'll always be peacemakers. We'll always be unity keepers and we'll be blessed. Why? God blesses unity because unity, because unity preserves connection. Unity preserves connection. Look at one last passage with me in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed. Come on, say it. Now, this is in the Amplified Bible. So it's going to kind of expand the meaning of this word. Watch this word blessed. Come on, say it again. Blessed. Blessed, enjoying enviable happiness, spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, are the makers and maintainers. Blessed are the makers and maintainers of peace, for they shall be called the sons, the daughters, the children of God. You probably know this best as blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. So we have Jesus as the vine and we are the branches, and that's that personal relationship. And then we have Jesus as the head and we are the body, collectively, all, all together. Those connections are so absolutely vital. And let me, let me suggest to you probably the best place on the planet to discover these things, to develop and grow and nurture these things, guess where it is? It's right here, right here, in church, in church. That when we come together, we're going to discover more and more. This will be nurtured more and more. I'm going to emphasize to you every time we're together, your personal relationship with vine and branches, and then also that relationship of Jesus, the head, and his body. And it's not just me and Jesus. It's me and Jesus and me and Jesus' body all together. And we make that an important thing. He wants us to be planted 
That's how we get connected, planted. In Psalm 92, it says this, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Another way to say that, you're going to be blessed. Your life is going to be blessed. So let me just say this to you in closing. Get planted, stay planted, and then bloom where you are planted. We're not these little, you know, plants in the little black plastic containers out in front of, you know, Walmart or Lowe's or wherever. We're not, we're not those. That's not God's plan for our life. God's plan is for you to get planted. Isaiah talks about that you would be the planting of the Lord, that he would be glorified. Proverbs 12 says that the root of the righteous yields much fruit. So based on that verse, guess what? No roots, no fruit. And that's the whole goal. That's the whole big cycle, the whole big circle of all of this is that we get planted, we get connected to him and connected to his body. And I'm telling you what, there will be a flow of life and blessing in your life that just naturally occurs because you're connected to him. Amen? Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? All right, good deal. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.